0: But, yeah, welcome to CRBC. And we are so glad that you are here and a part of this. And if you are new, again, welcome. Or if you're watching online, fantastic. Send us an email and let us know. And we would love to connect with you. My name is Steve, and I'm the lead pastor here. And this is a great community, and I am looking forward to what God is going to do in 2022. And we as a church family are going to come together, and God is going to give us a vision to move forward, and I am looking forward to it. Well, we've also started a new sermon series, and the sermon series is called The Weary World Rejoices. And it's going to run all the way into Christmas Eve. But why the weary world rejoices? Well, many of us kind of recognize that something is amiss right now. We are acutely aware of the brokenness around us and the disappointments. Two weeks ago, we talked about that hope, that reason that we run the race until the end. Last week, we talked about experiencing God's glory in such a way that He changes us, and we can't help but rejoice. And today... We're gonna look at why Jesus is worthy. And because he is worthy, we can give good gifts. Well, Christmas is a time when we give gifts. And probably many of you have received some weird and wonderful gifts over the years, right? Let me know. What's your weirdest gift that you've ever received? A mechanical Santa Claus. That's pretty good. Love it. Okay. Well, my grandma was one who would give some weird and wonderful gifts. It was the thing that I loved most about her. And sometimes she would collect them all year round and put them in boxes, and then when we saw her, she would give us an entire box of gifts. And then she would always ask, hey, what, what did you like? You know, can you send us pictures of you guys, you know, trying these clothes on and doing whatever the things? And so here's a picture of some gifts that we received not long ago from my grandma, and my kids are modeling it. This is not the right slide. <laughs> I wish. <laughs> There's a a picture of my daughters wearing a whole bunch of fluorescent clothes and having a lot of fun, and uh, then there was also some gifts that she gave me personally. And there should be another photo of me wearing this wonderful and weird gift. Do we have it, Erwin? Just a sec. Well, let's move on. (laughs) It was awesome. (laughs) But one of the bizarre and wonderful gifts that stands out is something that I received for her when we just got married. It was this white angel uh, statue. And when I received it, I, I noticed that you could put batteries in it. And so in my head, well, you insert the batteries and this thing will glow. It will shine like the glory of God. And so we did exactly that. We put the batteries in, turned it on. Oh, there's the photo, delayed. (laughs) As soon as I put the batteries in, instead of it glowing like the glory of God, laser beams shot out of the eyes in red. It looked like something from Judgment Day. (laughs) And so Megan would put the angel up as part of our Christmas decor and we'd jokingly put it on and it would completely change the mood. <laughs> but it was a unique gift. It was the kind of gift that kind of kept on giving over the years. And in fact, my brothers also received the same angels. <laughs> so together, we remember our grandma who died last year. And I miss that about my grandma. That she would just give these weird and wonderful gifts. And Christmas is a time of giving gifts. And someone said, even though I love gift giving, I kind of wonder about the hustle and bustle of all the shopping and the materialism. Does that really actually reflect Jesus? What does any of this have to do with Christmas? In a way, we celebrate Christmas as an excuse to overspend, to overindulge, and to focus too much on earthly treasures. We all know this. But the question that we should all be asking and reminding ourselves, is gift-giving in itself wrong? Actually, it's not a reflection of our Creator who delights in giving good gifts. And truly special gifts usually involve this preparation, this thoughtfulness, this anticipation, this waiting. Good gifts also involve this personal sacrifice that say, I love you more than I love myself. This is exactly what we see in the Christmas story. We see God giving us a good gift that we continually can talk about. It comes with this personal sacrifice that says, I love you. So let's jump into the Christmas story. Let's look at Matthew 2, verses 1 to 2. And again, it says this. Now after Jesus was born in Bethlehem of Judea in the days of Herod the king, behold, wise men from the east came to Jerusalem saying, "Where is he who has been born of the Jews? For we saw his star when it rose, and have come to worship him." And they jump to verse 11, it says, "And going to the house, they saw the child with Mary, his mother, and they fell down and worshipped him. This is what we're going to focus on. And they opened their treasures. And they offered him gifts, gold and frankincense and myrrh. Well, who are these wise men? Well, Matthew actually describes them as magi. Which means that they are great and powerful ones. And they have this high position and influence. They are actually Persian men that came. But one of the things that we, we always see in the manger scene is how many wise men? Three. But actually, we don't know that. We know that there was multiple wise men who gave three gifts. We also know that they were religious professors, philosophers, and scholars. They were highly educated in many fields, including religion and astronomy. And that's exactly why they were following the stars. Nevertheless, these were truly wise men and we can learn from them. But as the story unfolds, why is it that the wise men were seeking out Jesus? Well, actually, it's because of King Herod. King Herod wanted to kill Jesus and he was using their expertise to locate Jesus. So finally, the wise men... God sent a star in which they followed, finally found the house where the Christ child was staying, but they rejoiced and worshipped him, rather than giving him over to Herod. And they brought him gifts, three gifts. I just want to take a moment and actually focus on those three gifts this morning. What is the significance of each of those gifts? Well, the first gift that they brought was gold. The gold was the medal of kings. They were recognizing that Jesus was king, they were acknowledging his right to rule. They knew that he was different, that he was the king of kings. And the second gift was frankincense. A little bit of an odd gift. But if you know what frankincense is and does, it was used by the priests to worship God. It indicated that he was worthy of worship, that he was deity. They would often burn frankincense, and this amazing aroma would come out as part of their worship. And it was a very, very expensive item. The third gift was myrrh. Again, a very odd gift. But myrrh was actually symbolic of his death. The Egyptians would use myrrh to preserve bodies when they died. It was very valuable. And again they must knew that Jesus was going to die. A scholar says this, gold for a king, frankincense for a priest, myrrh for the one that was about to die. These were gifts from the wise men and even at the cradle they foretold who Christ was. Isn't that amazing? These offerings that they gave Jesus were expressions of worship, expressions of joy. And it was interesting that these gifts were very expensive. They demonstrated a level of sacrificial love of worship for this newborn king. The Magi weren't purchasing anything for themselves, but they were giving good gifts to a Savior. I like what Piper says. He says, When you give a gift to Christ like this, it's a way of saying, The joy that I pursue is not the hope of getting rich with things from you. I have not come to you for your things, but for yourself. And this desire I now intensify and demonstrate by giving up things in the hope of enjoying Jesus, not things. And by giving to you what you do not need and what I might enjoy, I'm saying more earnestly and more authentically, you are my treasure, not these things. So what is it that we can actually give to Christ? Like, what do you and I have to offer? Well, let me suggest to you that we can give the gift of love. That the Pharisees themselves, hey, ask Jesus, what is the greatest law? What is it that we can do to enter into the, the kingdom of God? And Jesus sums up the entire law. Love God and love others. That is the gift I want. Love God and love others. But here's what we do. Rather than loving God and others, our tendency is to pine for love. We try to get other people to adore us. And we project this image of, hey, I'm I'm worthy of love. I'm good enough. Love me. And for those of you who have grown up in the church, it's problematic. You know, we, we notice how our acts of love soon be like, look at me rather than look at Christ. We resist this true sacrifice of generosity and giving. We may even find reasons to not love someone. We we may even convince ourselves that they're good reasons. They said this about me. They did this. Ah. And we end up putting ourselves first rather than giving our affections to God. And this is not genuine sacrificial love, which we all crave and want. But it's often what we give. So how can we truly love God and others well this Christmas? That's the question. How can we give that gift to others? Well, it starts with Christ. It starts with immersing ourselves in Him and in the the Christmas story. It starts with understanding that we need to present ourselves as a gift to God. And when we do that, God does a work in us that we cannot do ourselves. We learn to love Him. We learn to put Him first. We learn that when all these things are thrown at us that we don't like, that discourage us and hurt us, we learn to still love because Christ loved us. And out of this love, we can create traditions that put God and others before ourselves. And when we love God, we learn to find joy in doing hard and sacrificial things. Maybe it's buying a Christmas gift for a family in need this year. Maybe it's giving time to a friend who's lonely. Maybe it's speaking thoughtful words to someone who needs a good word today. Maybe it's instead of feeding this self-focused, unquenchable image, you decide to serve others You decide to serve our community. Maybe it's swallowing our pride and humbling ourselves and saying, I'm sorry. And choosing to forgive in this hard season where there's division, where families are broken. Say, no, I choose to love because Christ loved me. Let's love God by doing loving, hard things for Jesus and see what happens in our own hearts. Let's give the gift of love. But let's also give the gift of the gospel. This is why God sent angels and a star into the heavens to declare the gift is here. The gift is wrapped in God's glory and became man for us. It was unexpected. It was surprising. It was exactly what we needed. In fact, even in the gift giving of the Magi, we again see hints of the gospel being preached to us. Whether these wise men fully understood it, their gifts told the story of how God himself who came down from heaven as our king to fulfill his priestly duties as God-man and eventually died for our sins, this is the best gift to give. And this gift of love that we all crave for is not something that we can muster up on our own. That it's something that we receive from God Himself. And all of this is found in the Christmas story. You see, the good news of the gospel is a gift from God, it includes His death, His resurrection. It is coming again. It's the reason that we can give good gifts to others. It's the reason that we can rejoice. So how do we do it? How do we move from our weariness to rejoicing? How do we let go of all the noise and the brokenness? I don't think you're going to understand it until you've met Jesus. It's not something that you learn from a self-help book or from a TED Talk. It happens when you look into the eyes of our Savior and you start to understand what you're receiving that you can rejoice When you understand, when you hear the words that come to me, I forgive you, I have a plan for you, I love you. When we understand that incredible gift, we can rejoice. Until you recognize that he is the good giver of many gifts, it completely changes our life. And by definition, you become a forgiver. A lover of God. A lover of others. And when you take hold of that, you can rejoice. It's why a weary world can rejoice. It's when you have received God's gift that things start to turn around today. It's not just at the end of the line. This good news makes a difference this minute, this moment. Every day that you get up in the morning, you can rejoice because of this good news. So I'm going to leave you with this question. Have you received God's gift this morning? Have you received Christ's? Right from the beginning, Christmas was a time of giving. It has been that ever since. The Magi brought Jesus gifts, the best that money could buy. The shepherds brought their faith as a response. Joseph and Mary gave their lives. This morning, what are you bringing to God? I'm going to call the worship team up. I just want to give you a moment. If you want to give your life to Christ, I have no idea who's here. But just bow your head and pray with me right now. Pray this. God, thank you for the good gift. And I admit that I fall short. But I believe in you this morning. And I want to commit my life to you. And thank you that I can rejoice and walk in hope. And I pray that I would do that this morning. In Jesus' name, amen. Let's stand together. We're going to sing a couple more Christmas carols. And if you made that decision today, I would love to have a conversation with you after.
1: Sim. love this um, last song Little Drummer Boy because um, it's the same, same message that Steve was talking about today um, just whatever it is that you have in your hands uh, whatever it is that your experiences your um, hopes and your dreams whatever it is that you have um, it doesn't have to be anything big or special it just has to be real authentic So wherever you're at whatever it is you have you to offer it and yourself to Jesus because he's real and he loves you so, so much. So oh.